0: Microphones are set up, computers ready, scripts ready, just waiting for Simon to turn up. Ah, and there he is, right on time. Simon, long time no see. Good God, man, what's happened to your face? Where's all that hair come from? You look like somebody's half shaved a beard. What?
1: I can't understand a
0: word you're saying. Come on in, come on in. I can't understand a word you're saying. Come on in. No, still can't understand a word you're saying. You can't do a podcast like that, Simon. Come here, come here. I'll trim your beard. You look fine, don't worry. Right, now, Where are those clippers? Stop struggling. That's right, here, and here. Good God, this hair's thick. Hang on, I'm going to have to get the heavy duty clippers. Uh. Uh. Ooh, this is a tough bit. Stop struggling man, and nearly got it, oh god, what have you been eating, porridge? It's all stuck in the hair, cut that bit, right, finishing and last touch, there, all done. Who the bloody hell are you? I said, here is your post. Ow! Thank you. Oh, Simon,
2: you're here at last. Hello. Who is that badly shaved man walking away?
0: I have absolutely no idea.
2: Oh, that's a nasty bruise you've got there, Gary.
0: Yeah, 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 don't worry about it. Come on upstairs, we'll, we'll do the podcast. Right, so
2: here we are back once again like the renegade masters. I know,
0: it's been a long time. It
2: has, I mean it's been since October last year when we actually did a review episode, when we reviewed our trip to see the band
0: themselves. Yeah, in oh Manchester. yeah, that was a, god that seems like forever ago. It
2: does seem like forever ago. Obviously we put out our, um, our annual Halloween special and our Christmas special. Yeah. I hope everybody enjoyed those and I also dropped some, a little something on New Year's Day for you as well.
0: (laughs) We don't need to know about that. And
2: and an episode. Oh, thank you. Um, So hopefully you enjoyed those, and hopefully you've not missed us too much, and hopefully you're still subscribing to this, and still eagerly anticipating hearing our
0: rambling nonsense. Yes, and of course if you're not subscribed to this, you won't hear this, so it really doesn't matter. No, it doesn't. But, But anyway, we're back! We're back,
2: and we're hoping... To get back onto a monthly schedule.
0: With yeah, yeah. We're, I mean, it's it's been quite nice having the time off. Actually, I've had time to go down the pub. I've done hobbies. <laughs> I've I've talked to the wife. Um, you know, it's just, I'm sorry for all you ladies out there. I am actually married. I know it's, it's breaking hearts, but you know, ch- <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's it's been, it's been nice having time off because we did, over the last couple of years during lockdown, we did a lot of episodes. We did, we um, did. And it's been nice to sort of mm. have a little time off and gather our thoughts. And hopefully, we'll come back refreshed and hopefully, yes. eager to, to get in there and do it all again.
2: I don't know about you, Gary, but I was feeling a little bit burnt out doing such a massive amount of stuff over that time
0: it were was, you yes were you Simon I'd
2: run out of ideas
0: that did happen about 15 years ago
2: <laughs> it did yes yeah so hopefully this little break we've had will like Gary says allow
0: us to invigorators allow re- us to come back refresh, stronger faster other things
2: bigger better stronger faster
0: that's the words <laughs> yes, yes yes but anyway to this podcast which is what everybody wants to hear rather than us just jabbering, jabbering on about on. our lives
2: yeah so we're back, and this episode we're going to be talking about Steve Hackett's Spectral Mornings.
0: That's his album, not just how he wakes up in just, the morning. It's how yeah. he feels when he wakes up in the morning. Yeah. Um, so you've had me listening to this for the last couple of weeks now. I have. First time I've heard this album, as, as with almost everything we've done. Yeah. Well, uh, there's well, a point of the fact that my musical ignorance comes in handy here because I've... Never heard of this album before. Yeah. Um I did see Steve Hackett actually before
2: I think it was before Christmas. That's right, you went to see him without me. I did. How dare
0: you. Friend of mine had a spare ticket. I went and You we have friends. Other than you. What? Just the one. Um but I really enjoyed it. Again it was he was doing one of the other Genesis albums on this tour. Yes. Um and he, at the end he did some of his solo stuff. Mm-hmm. This, or was it before? I think it was before. And some of the tracks off this were some of the stuff he did. Yes. Um, so when I started listening to the albums, I went, I Ooh. know that!
2: Yes, I believe it was it that the Seconds Out
0: tour. Was indeed, was yes. yes.
2: And I think he was doing Seconds Out and and some of Spectral Mornings, wasn't he? He As, was, yeah. Say, yeah. So
0: um, it, it was nice. Um, I actually realised where these tracks came from when yeah. I started listening to this. And I thought, mm, I recognise some of these tracks. Yes. So... Well,
2: don't jump ahead. Don't tell us what you think of the album just yet. Let's leave that opinion for now. You
0: know I'm very opinionated. You are very opinionated. I am.
2: Um, how was Steve Hackett Was when you saw him live? Was he as good as when we saw him?
0: It's fine. Same as when I normally see him down the pub. Yeah. Yeah, you know, it was <laughs> fine. No, no, seriously. He was excellent. Um, yeah. The band... As ever were excellent mm. and they even did Supper's Ready which as you know is not one of my favourite tracks but I really enjoyed it live. Really? Yeah so wow. that was that was an interesting experience for me because oh. normally when they say and now we're going to do uh, Supper's Ready that's when I go to the bar. Yeah.
2: Um,
0: but no I've really enjoyed it and as always Steve Hackett if none of you have had a chance to see him live you must because he is absolutely brilliant live. Mm. They're very entertaining and the band is very good. Yes. So, um, yeah, well worth seeing. Very, very good. Good, I'm pleased. I'm glad you're pleased.
2: I'm glad glad you're pleased. I'm glad you enjoyed yourself without me.
0: No, no, that's fine. I enjoy myself without you quite a lot. (laughs) In fact, I enjoy myself more when you're not there.
2: (sighs) I don't believe that, but there you go. Okay, I don't don't see how you could possibly enjoy yourself more. Moving swiftly
0: (laughs) along from this character assassination of Simon. Yes. We're on to the band and this album. So, mornings. this
2: album... Do you want some facts? Shall I fact you up? Fact me I'm up, gonna man. i fact you up, man.
0: Just the facts, mammy. I think I've almost forgotten how we do this.
2: Yeah, it's been, it has been a long time. So,
0: so, excuse us if we're a bit rusty on this. We literally are just sitting here, facing each other, flicking the Vs at each other, and yeah. just trying to figure out how we used to do this. Yes, yeah,
2: so no change there,
0: really. No, really, we so, never really did I'm get the hang of doing this, out. to be absolutely <laughs> honest, but there you go. Yeah, so, fact me up anyway, come yes.
2: on. So, this was... Mr C Hackett's third solo album. (gasps) Third? Third solo album. We've covered his previous two, Please Don't Touch and um, Voyage of the Acolyte. Or even Voyage of the Acolyte and Please Don't Touch. Yeah, I was doing them backwards, but there you go, that doesn't Ah, matter.
0: There you go. Um, Mixing it up a bit.
2: Yeah, mix it up. This was released in May, on 26th of May, in fact, in 1979.
0: This album also, coincidentally, is Mm. the first time we hear his actual touring lineup. That's right,
2: because he put together the band on this album... For the Please Don't Touch tour. So I'm sure you've looked it up as well, Gary. So can you remember who the band are? John Hackett, his brother. Of course. John's always there. That's his bestie mate, isn't Nick it?
0: Magnus? Yep, on keyboards and stuff. Dick Cadbury? Yep, on bass. John Shearer? On drums. And Pete Hicks. Pete Hicks on vocals. Well and done. You've done your homework. Oh,
2: Do I get any chocolate for gold that? star? No, you don't. Know. Oh You can have a caramel.
0: I live for chocolate. Yeah, I mean the main thing about this being his touring band was, of course, because yes. on the previous two albums he just had basically session musicians yeah. doing all the parts of right. the work. So, so uh, he
2: got the guest musicians yeah. in and the guest vocalists, like Richie Havens, to come in and do the vocals. Who
0: all did great work. But they did. This is literally the the group he will now start touring with. That's for right. A, for a limited time. And he'll,
2: he'll, as well as this album, he'll also record his next album, Defector, with the same band lineup. So a little bit about the members of the band: got Pete Hicks on vocals as we said so Pete had been a member of several groups in the late 60s and 70s before he joined Steve Um, after working with Steve he stayed active in music he's released albums right up to 2015
3: I did not know that he does
2: yeah if you go online he's got quite a few albums that he's worked on he's got a good voice yeah he's quite I quite like him yeah Mm, yeah Dick Cadbury on bass he was a member of a prog folk band called Decameron Decameron something like that Decameron
0: Prog folk, that sounds amazing.
2: Ah, Jethro Tull, they're prog folk. Yeah. You like them, don't you? Yeah,
0: yeah, I do. Yeah, it's true. There you go. I've
2: never heard them, so I can't tell whether they sound any good or
0: not. You've never heard Jethro Tull? I've heard Jethro Tull, yeah. I'm going to say. Just
2: never never heard
0: Decameron. Strip away your prog rock rights.
2: (laughs) Decameron, I've never heard of.
0: No, I've never heard of them either, to be honest. Uh,
2: But as well as that, he was an in-demand session musician. Okay. So he was probably the most famous person other than Steve and John Hackett on the album. Uh, Nick Magnus is on the keyboards. He eventually worked with Steve on six solo albums. Six? Six. Gosh. So he's also released six albums of his own. Okay. Um, So what kind of music does he usually play? He usually plays... Prog music basically. So Um, these are
0: basically all prog. They're all prog guys. They're all prog guys. There's there's nobody in there who's going to go, hey, he went on to do jazz. No, no. No.
2: Of course, you mentioned John Hackett, who's pretty much ubiquitous when it comes to Steve's work. Sorry, he's
0: what? Ubiquitous. Thank you. Means
2: he's everywhere. I do know what it means. I was just making (laughs) sure you were
0: pronouncing it correctly.
2: Ubiquitous. Um, He's on flute and bass pedals, so I don't know what bass pedals do, just.
0: They make make the bass work. Yeah. Bom, I think that's pretty much it. Bom, yeah, alright, we get it. Bom, we get it.
2: Yeah. And another John, John Shearer, who is another session musician. I know that name. Dimmer. What do I well, know you that name? I thought he was one of the Johns that worked with Marillion after um Mick Pointer left. Yeah. But he's not. Oh. But he is he has apparently been on quite a lot of different prog albums. Yeah. because so that, that name you know. rings a bell yes, somewhere. I thought exactly the same, but when I went and searched for him, you there couldn't were, find him anywhere. I could find him, but there weren't any major bands leapt out at me, other than Steve Hanks. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds like you're being attacked on a daily basis. <laughs> oh, well, I am. <laughs> the members of Genesis are always jumping out at me. Away from you? Te- no, Tony Banks is always attacking me.
0: Yeah.
2: Oh. Oh, you hate curious feeling, do you? We'll take this. Dong. Hits me with the keyboard. Does he really? He does, yeah.
0: Okay. <laughs> Good. Good. Meanwhile, and John... in Simon's other delusions...
2: <laughs> and John is still working in the music industry today, just drum clinics
0: and things. What's that like? Curing drums? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Apparently so. Fine. <laughs> Odd, but there you go. Keep going.
2: So that's it. That's the band. And Steve, of course, who's... Steve. Who you may recognise from being a guitarist in Genesis. Yes. Up until two years ago in this 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 timeline. <laughs> <laughs> so that was the band, and they, they toured with Please Don't Touch... And then they got together in the studio to record Spectral Morning.
0: Because, of course, they w- they actually toured some of the tracks off this album, didn't they? It's when correct. they were doing that
2: tour. That's correct, yeah. They, they did play some of these tracks live before they recorded them.
0: <laughs> I do some research, you mm-hmm. know. I don't just come into this completely empty headed. It just, just m- seems that way. <laughs> yeah. That's right, they I did. They do a good impression of an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I would say, would you like to see it? But you've been seeing it for some years now. <laughs> yeah, I have. <laughs>
2: so this was recalled in Hilversum. In the
0: Netherlands.
2: In the Netherlands.
0: Yes, this and was an interesting experience for them, wasn't it? Apparently so. Apparently it was very, very, very cold. Very cold and they got frozen in quite badly. Yes, it
2: being January and February 1979 in the Netherlands.
0: Which was which is always known as not the summerest of holidays to take.
2: It's <laughs> yes, minus 15 degrees apparently. Gosh. Yes, that is quite...
0: Yeah, so apparently they spent the entire time um, basically working like mad because there was nothing else to do. And apparently they were almost delusional while they were recording some of these. Yes. Uh, Hence, I think, some of the tracks. But (laughs) because they applied themselves to these tracks Mm. and working on them, what an album they did. Oh, yeah,
2: let's not get into that just for the moment. Not
0: going to, but, I mean, all I'm going to say at this point is you can see on this album that it is extremely well put together.
2: Yes, it is. Very well produced, I think. Well, in his autobiography, Steve admits that at this point he was really, really excessively drinking, really badly. And that meant he was, basically, after they finished recording, he was really, really ill. So he was checking all the mixers
0: while he was still basically on his sickbed. That's, that's one for the vodka, and that's a mixer for exactly, the tequila. Yeah. And those sort of mixers. Yeah, so... But when you think about it,
2: I mean... Think how fast this album came
0: out. You know, I was looking at the the timeline mm. on this. They recorded it January, February and yeah. released it in the May. Yeah, exactly. I mean, now when it's you like see... It, we've said this before when it comes yeah. to Genesis and, and various other albums. You know, considering the timelines now, a guy will go in like uh, 25 Cent or whatever it's called yeah. and, and record that album, but that will take a year to produce yeah. before it finally hits the shelves. These yes. guys do all of that... Yeah. In a matter of, like, I mean, because it would have taken, say, February, middle of February they finished recording, mm. that would only have given them about a month, a month and a half at the most yeah. to get it finalised before they could get it, start printing yeah, it and exactly. producing it and get it into the shops ready for a May release.
2: Exactly. I mean, look at Marillion, who've just released their new album. I mean, it's been six years since Marillion released their last album. Now, fair enough, they went on quite a big tour with the previous album, and we had two years where they were locked down so they had
0: to cancel a lot of plans
2: but still that's six years
0: yeah i mean they were locked down in in the last two yeah. years they could have put some we did oh exactly yeah you know they fact, could have worked more yeah we <laughs> we don't want to brag at this point but they, you know they yeah. could have surely they had nothing literally nothing else to do yeah they could have worked on something yeah
2: exactly so bands that bands these days They're they just don't put the effort in they take, take ages don't they Aye. Not bands these days are not real bands. Lazy boogers. No. <laughs> but yeah, so it, I think it's pretty impressive the fact that they probably they didn't have an album in January and it was released four months later in May. Yeah. I think that's an impressive feat regardless. I mean, even at this point, Genesis hadn't released an album since 1978 with And Then There Were Three. Yeah. And it wouldn't be until the next year, 1980, when they released an album. Hmm. Of course, so,
0: I know we're we're going to talk about the original album here. We, yes. we very really talk about the reissues, etc., yeah. etc. Cetera, et cetera. That's because I don't have the reissues. <clears throat> no, but it is worth that pointing time. out here that this album was reissued in two thousand and five. Yeah, with We've, about five or six extra tracks on. They were all
2: different mixes of the same tracks.
0: Though. There was a couple of live versions uh, yeah. as well, yeah. and, um, we will. Probably just mention mm-hmm. those as we go along down yeah. the tracks and say, you know, this track was also added as a live track or whatever. We'll let you know which yeah. what was added. Yeah. We try and keep you informed. You know how it is.
1: <laughs> we
2: like to be informed.
0: <laughs> yeah. Whether we
2: are or not is not the matter.
0: Interestingly, um, I think it was on the 2005 version, there was a hidden track, wasn't there? On some of the albums. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Caretaker. Yeah. Uh, which was, uh, I think it was Pete Hicks, wasn't it? Yes. Who was doing the voice of a caretaker sweeping up after the musicians in the studio going on about how messy they were. That's it was right. Almost, it was a little comedy So See, now, I'm going to admit, I've never actually heard that. No, but apparently it wasn't yeah. on every album. But it is on the version
2: you can stream from Spotify. Is it? Apparently so. Oh, OK, yeah, there you the, the, the So,
0: something to stream there, folks. But,
2: yeah, but I've just never bothered to listen to it. No, it's because so.
0: you're a cheapskate, you won't buy Spotify.
2: Well, I do buy Spotify. <laughs> you're still a cheapskate, <laughs> I just can't be bothered to listen to it, to be honest. Fair enough. This, As well as this being... Only four months to make the album, it was still only 18 months after Steve had left Genesis. Mm. So, you know, it's all most al- people
0: have still been mooching around at that point, exactly. wondering almost, what to do with their future. It's almost
2: like he's got he's trying to prove something because he's already released Please Don't Touch mm-hmm. and now he's released this album as well. Oh, it feels like he's trying to prove a point here. Oh. So, I've got loads of songs. Look at all these songs that Genesis could have had if I if they'd let me release them, we could have had. Three Genesis albums out in this time.
0: Yeah, and, and to be fair, I mean, again, no spoilers on this album mm. at the moment, um, but what a point to make. Yeah. Um, and he makes it extremely well on this. And there are a couple of tracks on here which you think, ah, oh, Genesis, there's some very Genesis-y stuff on here, not in the music composition so much, but in the styles that he uses. Mm. And we'll come to those again uh, at as we do. Very true. Um But yeah, this is an interesting album on many fronts.
2: Mm, It is. So, if you've not heard our previous announcement, you can go onto Patreon and find us there when I've set it up. And you will get this episode a week early. Or today, if you've already Anyway, you'll get the future episodes a week early and also around six bonus episodes a year. One of which, the first one, is going to be our little review of 2015 Spectral Mornings. There you go. Go find us on Patreon.
0: Yes. Yes
2: for that if you haven't subscribed to patreon and you're listening to this you'll know already but you can still get all the regular episodes on your news feed on your subscription feed in your podcast app of choice as normal we won't be charging extra for those you just get them a week early if you go on patreon and you'll get the bonus episodes that we release and possible blog posts as well when i feel like writing blog posts or if gary feels like writing blog posts
0: why would I do that? I don't know. We might, I've
2: got a life. We might also post the artwork that we're going to start creating for the episodes as well. Oh, God. <laughs> but anyway, back onto this album. The yes. tour with 1979
0: tour was yeah. a huge sellout. How huge? Huge. So, what did he tour? Was it just Europe?
2: Um, he toured Europe and the UK and he ended the tour with a uh, performance at the Reading Festival in
0: 1979.
2: Not to be confused with the Reading Festival, which no, he didn't appear at. I,
0: I've done that before and, yeah. and it doesn't go well.
2: No, it wasn't bands, it was just a load of people sitting around reading books.
0: Yeah. Turning a your leather jacket to a reading of Tessa the D'Urbervilles yeah. doesn't go well. No. No. Especially not when, when you've got four litres of cider under your arm.
2: No, and not when you start heckling for. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, Where's Ozzy?
1: Yeah, Jada.
2: <laughs> uh. Yeah, yeah. Reviews of the album were mixed, really. Yes, really. In that, the music, that's quite press time, because uh-huh. punk was in full swing. Pang, punk music. Um, sales were really good though. <laughs> yeah, spit the dog, indeed. <laughs> sales were really good. Um, he reached number 22 in the UK album charts with this one, which was his... That's
0: very good. Yeah,
2: it was his best placing so far, and it stayed in the UK Top 40 album for uh, 11 weeks.
0: That's a very impressive run.
2: So, yeah, so it was a good sell. It was a good yeah, popular yeah. album, despite what the critics might say. He encouraged his band to contribute to the songs.
0: That's in nice, this,
2: isn't it? In this, but rather cheekily... He's the only one credited as a songwriter.
0: Hey, fellows, give me all your best yeah. ideas. Mm-hmm.
2: Oh, uh, exactly. Uh, uh. It's a bit cheeky of him, isn't it, really? We wouldn't get away with that now, because those guys would just be suing him. Sue! Yeah, exactly. Um, I mean, you can't even make a song that sounds a little bit like another song without being sued by somebody these days,
4: can you? Tell Ray Parker yeah,
2: Jr. Exactly. Tell Ed Sheeran, who's currently in court as we write this, for ripping off a song you've never heard before for
0: his big hit. To be absolutely fair, I've never heard any of Sheeran either. Yeah, he's all right.
2: Yeah, so they contributed to the writing of the album, but he's the only credited writer. OK. Also on the album, it's the second time he uses his Roland GR500 guitar synth. Wow, mm-hmm. really? That's right. It appears on the tracks Tiger Moth and the Virgin and the Gypsy. Ah. Which makes funny sounds, doesn't it? It does. It does make funny sounds. That's modern technology yeah, for you. He obviously you. used it on Please Don't
0: Touch. Yes. Which is what We covered that when yeah, we did. we covered
2: okay. that. Um, and and then the album again is by Kim Poor.
0: Yes, the album art. Yes, at, at the time his wife. Yes. She did quite a few of his album covers. She did. both artwork and photographic. That's right.
2: She did all of them up until the point where they got divorced, which was at about 2005. Four, I think, if I remember rightly. I can't remember.
0: Yeah, we've both been divorced at some mm, point, and, yeah. and as you know, it's very difficult to get artwork out of your ex-wife. It is. It is.
2: I couldn't get any artwork out of my ex-wife. Me neither.
0: Didn't get a thing out of it. Just nothing. At all. No. <sighs> anyway. <Yeah. But laughs> Moving that's on. Facts. That's yes. my
2: facts for Those the album. Those are
0: very good facts, facts. There, Simon. Thanks for that. Thank you for facting me up.
2: Yes, I want to fact you up, baby.
0: It's all getting uncomfortable now. Shall we go on to the individual tracks? Let's go
2: on to the first track. So it opens with the track Every Day.
0: uh Oh no, it's not that track, is it? No, it's not. not, now, it's not. I, was, I was a bit confused there by the use of organ. Mm, I
2: see. I didn't think it sounded anything like Harry on my Woodson. I
0: did. I started, <laughs> I started listening to this and yeah. I found myself thinking, is this a Kansas uh, <laughs> cover version or something? Because mm. it really, the, they use the same organ on those tracks mm. and it, it just for the for a briefest of moments, it mm-hmm. took me to, back to Kansas.
2: Yeah, do you think that's because the guy out of Kansas was on Please Don't Touch? Could be. Because he was on that first track on that, wasn't he? No, mm. um, no, that was what it was, wasn't it? He sang that. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. Could
0: be. Don't know. But um, I don't think it's a homage to Kansas. But it was just the use of that organ took me back
2: there. I yeah, I don't know enough about Kansas to know that.
0: You don't I, need to. You no, really don't need to. I don't think I do. No. Um,
2: that's quite a nice upbeat little tune, isn't it? That one, musically. That's uh, a little tune wise. <laughs> that could almost be, musically, that could almost be the soundtrack to uh, the theme music. To a kid's TV show, couldn't it? It's quite that jaunty sort of feel to it, but it could be, and that's the issue
0: here, isn't it? Yeah, but there's a dark side. Well, the thing is, the tune really does not match the message of no, this song. It doesn't at all. You've got a li- really good upbeat track yeah. here, and it yeah. is a really good track, mm-hmm. but the song is basically an anti drugs message.
2: Well, it's yes, it is because it's about. Uh, Steve's ex-girlfriend or one of Steve's ex-girlfriends who yeah. basically had a real drug problem he talks about this in his autobiography um, I would say a lot but if you've read Steve's autobiography and no spoilers from me because I might do a review of it um, it's not very good <laughs> is it not? <laughs> no he doesn't really go into any depth about anything Anyway, I'm going to leave that because, as I say, I might do a review. It's a different thing. I might do a review of it. But, um, yeah, he mentions in his autobiography that he's an ex-girlfriend of his... Started out with a real drug. Well, started to have a real drug
0: problem. Was that before or after she met him? Because that tells <laughs> about your relationship, doesn't it?
2: Well, I think it my wife never after, used to drink until she met me. Now after, she drinks like a fish.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, after she had a real drug problem. Um, and so this is about like drug problem things like you know, Cleopatra's Needle. You yeah, mentions in there. Yeah,
0: yeah. But but that doesn't match with the jaunty the tune. The jaunty little tune because it it's a great tune. And let's let's be yeah. cl- let's let's just go into the music on mm. this one. It is very crystal clear, the production on this. It is. is so well produced.
2: Nice, bright-sounding guitar.
0: Yeah. Um, And,
2: yeah, it's just really upbeat, isn't it? For the
0: time. (laughs) I mean, a lot of albums you hear at that time, some of the sounds are a bit muted. Mm. This is very clear. And it's not just because it's a re-release or anything. It is is really well produced.
2: And it's got that lovely, that soaring guitar in the second half which, you know, sounds beautiful. It's it, it very evocative of, you know, bird flight and being up high, isn't I'm, it?
0: I'm glad you said that because on quite a few notes for the songs on this, mm. I've mentioned the word soaring. Yes. Um, that seems to be a theme for mm. this album. There's yeah. a lot of... Even though a lot of the songs aren't about flight bar one, yeah. I suppose you could say. Yeah. Um, but you do get this feel that the, the whole album's trying to soar. Mm. Maybe that's... Maybe that's, again, another Genesis thing. I'm Maybe. soaring without me.
2: I mean, I, 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 soaring definitely, I think, applies on this track. I think I'd use the word ethereal as well.
0: I would sound a bit ostentatious if I used that word.
2: Ostentatious. <laughs> <laughs> if there's ever a word that sounds like what it is. Yes, if you use
0: ostentatious, <laughs> you're probably ostentatious. Yes. <laughs> yes.
2: Um, but, yeah, it's real, real bright, happy, almost, upbeat music, which, like I said before, I think... You could stick this on the front of a BBC kids' show from the late 70s, early 80s, and it would perfectly fit. Yeah, yeah. Until they start... the lyrics come in. (laughs) Yeah,
0: and the lyrics kind of ruin it a little bit. Yeah. It's a great song. I love this song. And it's a great opener for this album. It is a
2: great song.
0: But I say, there's just this disparity between the music and the message.
2: Yes, there is. Until I started properly looking into this album for, for this podcast... I didn't realise this was about drug use. No. And I've been listening to this song for years. It's
0: not clear, is it? No, it's you, not you, at all. It's only when you start reading online about the mm. tracks or whatever or start reading notes yeah. or, or, or the books, you get that and you go, really? Never got that. Yeah. Never got that at all. Because no. you wouldn't get it from the tune.
2: No. And then you look at the lyrics
0: and you go, oh, I see now. Because it's not even sung like it's a message no, song. it's not at all. Yeah. So it's so, a... I like this track. I really do I like, like this track. I as well. I yeah. realise
2: I mean, this is the most played solo song that Steve did. He's played it on almost every tour he's done yeah. since it was released.
0: It's an it's an interesting... Um, I mean, there's a lot of guitar in this, but mm. it's mainly Steve playing the same refrain over yes. and over again, just with slight variations, yeah. which could be repetitive, but he does it so yeah. well.
2: That's kind of his trademark at this point, isn't it? He doesn't do so much anymore, but at this point in his career... He tends to come up with a really good riff. Yeah. And then he repeats it. Yeah. And sometimes it gets a little bit too much. Mm. Some of the tracks on. I'm going to use the the word tedious. Because
0: sometimes they're they're so repetitive. You're Mm. just thinking, whilst I'm enjoying this, I've heard this five seconds earlier.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Some of the tracks on um, on Voyage of the Acolyte are like
0: that. Yeah. But that also is a great album.
2: But yeah, it's still a good album. But they kind of outstay their welcome a little bit. Yes. And sometimes they don't stay around for long enough, which I think we'll come up to a bit later on yeah. on this yeah, album. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, that's, that's kind of, that is that's that is kind of his trademark at this point. He mm. comes up with a great riff
0: and then repeats it. But it plays beautifully on, on all played. of this album, yeah. to be fair. But yeah. on this track, as I say, same refrain, repeated, just slightly differently each time, yes. uh, just enough to stop it being boring.
2: Yes. Yeah. And he released this as a single. He cut it down. I think he cut a lot of the second half For the single release, and it it didn't get anywhere. Obviously, at this
0: point, but it was released as a single. Interesting, you say he cut it down because on the remix. Oh, sorry, on the re-release on two thousand and five, this was one of the alternate mix versions, and this was actually a minute longer on that version.
2: I will have to get around to listening to that.
0: I I like this track, but I'm not sure it needs another minute.
2: No, I don't think so because you know that he'd add an extra minute of the guitar mm. riff. Yeah. <laughs> which is what he does. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so it would
0: just be an extended musical interlude. Exactly, uh, probably, yeah. but.
2: Um, but, yeah, I really like this track. I think it's a really good opening, a really strong opening track for this this album. And if you think about it, Steve's done some really good opening tracks, actually, because, you know, Voyage of the Acolyte opened with Ace of Wands, which is a great track.
0: It is it, indeed, yeah.
2: Which you thought was a little bit too long and for the same reason. Yeah, you, but the, it was still a good great, track. Great it was track.
0: just a bit overly long. No. And
2: then Narnia, which opened Please Don't Touch, another great
0: opening track. So
2: he's... He's following that same trend that Genesis always have. Of making I was literally just about opening.
0: to say the very same thing. So there you go. So that's the first track. First track was Every Day. Also,
2: I really like the drumming on this track as well. I thought John Shearer, brilliant on this. His drumming's pretty good on mm. the whole album. Yes. There
0: is one track which he's... Um, we're going to come to that in a little while. He's credited as by everybody going, What a great drum solo! Mm. We will talk about that. Yes.
2: I know the track you're talking about. Yes. We'll come to it later. So that brings us to the second track, which is...
0: The Virgin and the
1: Gypsy. Gypsy come for the scent of tyranny's dawn
2: And a gypsy walk into a bar. I don't think I've heard this one. No, you? it's not a, joke. It's no. a Yeah, um, this is the Virgin and the Gypsy. So this is was inspired by a novella of the same name. Well, by funnily enough,
0: D.H. Lawrence. Funnily enough, it's always credited as that. Yes. But he actually wrote the track before he read the book. Yes. But he named the track after the book. Yes.
2: I've never read the book. But yeah, it's. It's quite a nice melody, isn't it? it? Could almost I thought it sounded very similar to Voyage of the Acolyte. I think this is style. an
0: extremely well crafted song. Mm. Um, I particularly like the acoustic start. I do yes. like the acoustic start. Yes. And the very nice harmonies between uh, Steve and Cadbury. And of course, John's flute playing on this is. is
2: it's very nice. I mean, I thought, I thought that key change, the cakey change, yeah. cakey change, about uh, two minutes in. That came across a little bit abruptly, I thought. Yeah. But it leads to a really nice piece of passage of music. It does. Like yeah. Where that flute is. Yeah.
0: So I didn't mind it. It's it's nice that he plays, you know, almost against himself. Yes. Almost like dueling banjos yes. on this. Um, <laughs> yeah. Just accompanied by, of <laughs> course, Steve's twelve-string guitar. Yes.
2: And um, no, I really like that. It fades away a little bit. Suddenly, doesn't it,
0: at the end? It does kind of fade away. Mm. Another interesting thing, there's no drums at all on this track. No, it's a little acoustic-y yeah. business, isn't it? It is, but it's it's nice. I like this track. Mm. Yeah, I like it. I don't love it,
2: but I do like it. I think it's nice little change from every day.
0: Yeah, it's, it's a, again, something that Genesis often did. They yes. They'll start off with a big, bombastic track, yep. and then the next track will be something almost... A polar opposite, yeah. and that's the same here. Yeah, we we started off with that nice sort of, as you say, children's TV <laughs> theme tune. Yeah, and we're now into the realms of acoustic and mm. flute. Yeah, which is which is beautiful. It's pretty nice. I do like this track. It's very soothing. Yes, I
2: like this track as
0: but well. But it is, as you say, quite a switch up from the first track.
2: It is. I'd say I don't love it, but I do like it. I think it's a good track, and I wouldn't I wouldn't delete it from the album if I was making the album myself little fact about this track this actually was recorded for please don't touch originally partially oh, anyway really um it recorded it as an instrumental which he called seven of cups okay which followed off from the tarot theme of voyaging the acolyte and then he reworked it during the spectral mornings sessions he reworked it into this the okay. version
0: i like this i think it works very well yeah. again this is one of the other tracks that is uh has an alternate mix mm. on the 2005 release. Yes. And I think on that, on this track, there's a slight remix of the guitars and, weirdly, a harmonica
5: mm. oh, brought right.
0: into it. Okay. Um, again, I haven't heard it either, like nah. you, because um, you you borrow me all of these albums because yes. I don't own any of them. Yes. Um, but, yeah, I, I, I like this track. Okay. I think it's quite soothing, quite nice.
2: Reminds me a bit of The Sea.
0: Yes. And sailing. It a, does, doesn't it? It yeah. almost feels like, not a shanty exactly, mm. but yeah, it's got that almost rolling feel yes. of the sea.
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, talking about it being a theme tune, it could be the theme to, you know, the BBC's
0: coverage of sailing or something. That's not very imaginative of you. It's not, is it? Not but, really. But I know, I get what yeah. you're saying. Yeah.
2: But
0: it yeah. wouldn't it, have worked to say, Captain Pugwash.
2: No, no, it definitely wouldn't. No,
0: okay. or the in line. Well, Howard's way. That's really showing my age. Howard's way. <laughs> but but yeah. But yeah. I know what you're saying. There's a, a feeling of sea to
2: yes this. a sea in the wind and not
0: so much watching the sea as actually traveling on the sea you mm. always get because it because it rises and falls yes. the pitch in this song yeah. it feels like you're actually on the sea a little exactly. bit
2: traveling on the sea traveling on a ship with some salty seamen.
0: you are not <laughs> going to do your <laughs> sailor impression now are
2: you uh, no I'm Good. surprised you didn't pick up what I just said there. I so. did. Pick
0: up. <laughs> I have this mental block and it sort of slams shut whenever you open your mouth. Oh, that's
2: all right then. Mm. Good. But yeah, I enjoyed this track. Um, I'm not sure how it relates to The Virgin and the Gypsy because I've never read that novel there. Um, no, me neither. To be honest, revealing my cultural lack of Breeding, I suppose. I've never read any D.H. Lawrence. It doesn't appeal to me. Not
0: really. The, the one thing I don't quite get about the title mm. is The Virgin and the Gypsy, having never read the book as mm. we said, sounds saucy. Mm. There's nothing saucy about this track.
2: No, but apparently... D.H. Lawrence could be a bit
0: saucy at times. Oh, yeah, he, he mm. did Women in Love and things like mm. that. Yeah. Um, all I remember is the film and the naked fighting in front of the fireplace, which is oh, what yeah. pretty much what everybody remembers about that film. And then you got
2: thrown out of that pub that was showing that film, didn't you?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, but this track, there's nothing saucy about it. I don't I don't understand why they picked this title for it. No,
2: I mean, I've read a synopsis of the story, and I still don't see why <laughs> it relates, but there no. you go. but well, there you go. Well, I but it's
0: a nice title, I suppose. Yeah. You know, yeah.
2: I'd have called it something like Abacab. sailing about which makes more sense. on the sea." Mm. Yeah, that's what I'd have called it. Yeah, yeah. Not not very not very catchy, but windy sea sailing. That's what I'd have called it.
0: That's pretty much what I do. Mm. Mm. Windy, windy. Yeah, windy millers indeed. But moving swiftly along, yes. shall we go to the, to the next track?
2: So we like this track. We do like this track. So do, so do we like track. the next track, which is the red flower of Tai oh. Chai blooms everywhere.
0: Kind of an odd track mm. uh, a, What sounds like A traditional Japanese or Far East Ballad mm-hmm. Played and written by a guy From England
2: oh. It's funny you should say that actually Because it is played by somebody
0: Born and raised in England Yes I know, that's the <laughs> point I was making <laughs> yeah. Yeah.
2: No, funny you should say that because it actually wasn't that funny. Steve actually plays a real Japanese koto. Yeah, he does on this. It's
0: Steve not a synthesizer or anything. Bought
2: the koto yeah. to play it, um, and that's the national instrument of Japan. For musical fact fans, yes. Um, but Steve's really showing his world music influences here. He's showing isn't his he? chops here, isn't yeah, he? Yeah, well, you know, well before Peter Gabriel started to get into world music. Yeah, and everybody says, oh, well,
0: Pete, you know, he he really loves his world music. No, 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 no. Steve was there before you.
2: Yeah, I mean, Steve would release. A uh, whole album influenced by world music. A-, a similar time to Pete releases as his fourth album. Yeah. Um, which was when Pete Peter really started to show his world music influence. Wow. Um, so Steve got there first, really. Yeah, um, yeah. With this sort of stuff. I mean, it's a short track, isn't it? It is. I, I really like this. I think this is really lovely. I it's mean, a lovely track. Yeah. This is just my sort of thing, because I-, I love the Japanese koto. I think that's a beautiful sounding instrument, anyway. It is. Um, and I love... This style of music, you know, something like um, the film Red Cliff Mm -hmm. has a brilliant soundtrack, which uses these sort of influences in it. Yeah. Uh, Or Crouching Tiger. Yeah. This sort of music, I love this sort of music. It just, it's my thing altogether. But the thing this reminds me most of is the track by Jean-Michel Jarre, "Fishing Junks at Sunset." Yeah. almost exactly like that in places, and I'm not sure which one came first. I think this came think well, this, I, well before. I think this is this is a couple of years before, because that was which album first. was
0: that on for Jean-Michel? Jean, Jean. There's a concerts
2: in China, which yeah. I think is one.
0: Yeah, and this, so this came out in 79, mm. so this was first yeah. technically.
2: So. Um, but yeah, it sounds like that to me. But I really, really like this. I think it's a beautiful track. It's Lovely. I yeah, could listen to it all. Koto is
0: a beautiful instrument, but it it's so hard to jam into western music yes, because it's a very distinctive sound yeah. you couldn't use it on a pop record over no. here easily because it would stand out because it's so different yeah. in sound to anything yeah. we kind of use over this side of the, the world mm,
2: definitely which is why it makes sense for him to do this track which is just a Japanese Chinese sounding yeah. piece of music Cultural um,
0: appropriation. A
2: cultural appropriation will get away with
0: it nowadays, yeah. wouldn't he? No, no, we wouldn't. You'd have yeah. to have a Japanese person or a Far yeah. East person on there playing this. Yeah, at
2: least he's playing an actual Koto rather yeah. than synthesis. I mean
0: he bought as you say, he bought this himself and, and yeah. really studied playing it mm. to do this this track yeah. and you know. Kudos. Good on him. Yeah, good
3: on it. Good, good on you, Steve. Good on
2: you, Steve. You done well.
3: you done well, lad.
2: Yeah. Um but yeah, I really like this track.
0: I do. And um, I think
2: it fits really well next to Virgin of the Gypsy well, as well. And it leads nicely.
0: Well, uh, I was actually gonna make this point. I don't <laughs> think it does go nicely. I think it's quite jarring that this now goes do into you? clocks.
2: Hmm, well let's go into clocks now and see.
0: So, as we were saying, so this now moves swiftly into Clocks. Into Clocks, Angel of Mons. Yeah. Complete change of style. It is, and I don't quite understand why, because it's Ooh. not like Clocks is an extension of no. the last track. No. So why they decided to sweep it in? Apart from maybe they just didn't have an ending for that track.
2: Quite probably. It so they just
0: thought, boring. well, I'll on the next track. Yeah. They'll be fine. Yeah. It's not jarring no. that it does this. No. It's just odd because it's not like an extension of mm. that track. So A
2: yeah. oh, lovely dark intro to this song. We were talking earlier about Steve coming up with the riff and then repeating. Yeah. Riff and repeat. And this is a classic example. He comes up with that riff, you know, you've got that dark synth line. Yeah. The, the drum roll and then the guitar back into the dark synth line rolling guitar again
0: it does but the one thing I really love about this mm. okay I, I love the ticking intro yeah with the dark synths yeah. over it that is that's a beautiful sound mm, and then the works, cowbell yeah it works so well yes I mean Pink Floyd think they hit it when they did you know when they used clocks on their track yeah this works so much better mm. but then i love the fact that when it goes into the instruments after that yeah. they keep the tempo up you know it works really really well mm. so you've got you've got the guitars and the drums and everything playing along but they keep that same tick 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 yep. tick, tick 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 rhythm yep. as they play and i love that it works beautifully
2: yes it does it's uh, i think this is incredibly good this it should be repetitive
0: it should because it is But But it's not. The whole repetitive nature of this track Mm. really works with the ticking of the clock. Because ticking is repetitive. So this is repetitive because it keeps in time with the ticking of the clock. And the music is, because it is an instrumental piece. But it works really well, Mm. I think. Even the repetitiveness of it is welcoming because you expect it to be repetitive because of the very nature of the clock. Does any of that make sense at all? Yes, it does. Wow, it made sense. That's a first. The music is
2: so powerful, you know, such force to it. I think that's what carries it through and stops it from being repetitive. I mean, like you say, they're carrying that same rhythm all the way through, and I think coupled with that, that just makes it such a great track.
0: Yeah, I mean, when when I saw Steve, uh, I call him Steve because we're first name terms. Yeah. Uh, When I saw him on. uh tour last time mm. they played this track this was one yeah. of them and he introduced it quite nicely by, by approaching the microphone and saying this is a track we like to do now and again we don't do it very often uh, mainly because it's a bugger to play um, when we get it right it's good when we don't it isn't yeah so apologies if we don't get it quite right <laughs> and then they went on and played it absolutely beautifully yeah um and it is it is very special live, it is. this track. But yeah. even not live on here, it's a lovely piece. Mm. I really like this piece. Yeah.
2: I mean, I remember when I f- was first getting into Genesis, seeing a Steve Hackett live show on the TV quite late at
0: night. Was it black and white then?
2: Um, it might have been, yeah. And he played this on that. And that's the first time I'd heard this track. And it just blew me away. It's just an absolutely incredible
0: mm. piece of music. It is a good piece of music. I mean, very yeah.
2: powerful. And, you know, Steve. Steve's a guitarist, obviously, but he's not afraid to let other instruments shine no. instead. No, So, you know, he opened his very, very first solo album, Voyage of the Acolyte, with that drum break mm-hmm. on uh, Ace of Wands. Yes. Yeah. And here, he's not afraid to let John Shearer have a drum solo. OK,
0: let's talk about that let's drum solo. Let's talk about the drum solo. Let's talk about the yeah. drum solo. First of all, <sighs> a lot of people say what a great drum solo, blah, blah, blah. Mm. It's not a great drum solo, <laughs> right? It's just noise. Mm. However,
5: yeah.
0: what a great noise! Yeah, he um, it, it bashes the hell out of yeah. those drums, and it, it works so well in this track. But mm. it's not what you consider a drum solo. No, it's not. You know it's not because Powell is not going to sit there and crap himself and go, "Oh my word, that was a really good drum solo." Mm. It's not going to happen because this, though it is a drum solo, is just about power. Yeah, and it's just about beating the hell out of the drums. Yeah. and making this thunderous end to this track. Yeah. And I love it.
2: Yeah, so but we're talking about this being called the clock Clocks, the Angel of Mons. So obviously Mons is a battlefield from the First World War, was a battlefield, mm-hmm. Battle of Mons. Um, and that's a legend from World War One wherein a group of British soldiers were saved, apparently... By, by superna- drum kit. By supernatural oh, forces. Right. Oh, right. So this drum solo kind of puts you in mind of a huge battle suddenly going on before fading into the you know the the drop at the mm. end of the drum solo so that's that's why that's what i always thought this drum solo represented i did not know that was this you know suddenly a battle suddenly going on and then at the end they are saved and that's why it just drops away suddenly into that weird howl i've never heard that
0: story i'll have to can look it are. up
2: oh, hmm. the angel of mons yeah that's what it that's what the angel of mons is ah oh, never heard that yeah. story can you believe it though this was released as a single. I find
0: things very easy to believe. Really?
2: Yes, this was released. I own the now,
0: single. No, actually, I do find that difficult to believe. <laughs> yes,
2: I own the seven inch of this single. And in fact, if you are a Buy Me A Coffee subscriber, one of the bonus episodes you'll have is covering this single.
0: I've never heard this. Mm. Yep. Wow. It's, it's an odd thing to it release a as a single. It's a strange track
2: to release a single, isn't it? Um, the B-side to the single was an acoustic Set, live acoustic set where he played Horizons and Blood on the Rooftops as well as a couple of things. Uh, that's
0: included on the 2005 release. Yeah.
2: It is indeed. Um, But yeah, what a strange choice for a single. It was almost like they just, well, we need to put a single out. I can think of
0: better singles. Which one should we
2: put out? I'd
0: have put the first track out.
2: Well, they did. So they've already put.
0: (laughs) I should be in the music business. They'd already
2: put Every Day out. And then, oh, we need another single. What should we do? Oh, <sighs> clocks. That'll do. Because it doesn't make any sense to release it as a single. No, it's a, it's a great album track. It's a great live track. It's not a single. Not a
0: single track. <laughs> no. Wow.
2: Maybe it's almost like someone was trying to sabotage his career.
4: Well, Tony Stratton-Smith, I never thought this day would come. All that drinking and smoking finally caught up with you. And here you are, passed over to the other side. I'll miss you, old friend. The music industry will never see your like again. I'll dedicate my next album to you.
3: You're fucking bad after everything I've
4: done for you, Tony. But, 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 you're dead. It's all your corpse and everything. Actually, quite a lot of people here turned up to make sure you are dead, and and you are. Does this does this mean? Are you a ghost? Of course,
3: I'm a. Don't You can see right through me. Do you think I lost weight?
4: I've always been able to see through you, Tony. Why
3: you little? Don't get f-ing fresh with me. Just because I'm dead, I can still influence your second-rate career,
4: even from here. Well, if it was second-rate, it was because I had second-rate management. I'm not scared of you anymore, Tony. You can't hurt me now. You f-ing little f-ing. I made you a star. Yeah, you did, that's true. I still put it on top of the tree every year. It's a lovely bit of craft work, I must admit. I would have preferred you to put the same effort into my career, though. Pfft,
3: what f***? Career, smear. I've only been dead all week and I'm already proving that I've still got it. Even from up here. Yeah. Up? Yes, up. Well, a f***ing sideways, actually. But my point still stands, my boy. Even from this grave I'm managing it successfully. Haven't you noticed how many albums Elvis has released since he himself over and died? Who do you think is representing him? Gone? Alan? Uh,
4: the ghost colonel? Fig hell, what? It's me, you little s**t. All right, all right, I get it. They're even dead, you're a formidable force in the music industry. Too f right.
3: I'm not even bringing acts back from the dead. Acts like f**king status quo. Well, I didn't know they were dead. They aren't, but their career is. I'll make them huge. Possibly. I've got something in the pipework. It's called f- first aid or something. Just in the planning stages at the moment. But it's going to be f- huge.
4: Like Barry White. Well, that's all fine and well. What's that got to do with me? Why are you haunting me, Tony? Why not one of the others? If anyone's in need of a ghostly intervention, I'd say it's Tony Banks. You aren't wrong there. So, again, why me? You're squandering your f-ing potential, Steve. You left Genesis to prove that you are better than
3: them. But here you are, in 79, fanning about doing George Foreman
4: impressions. Well, excuse me for trying to bring a bit of levity to music.
3: Listen, Steve. Genesis fans, I'm going to respect you or your salary for at least another 30 f***ing years.
4: 30 years?
3: Yeah, being dead gives you a f***ing overview you wouldn't believe.
4: But 30 years? So much will change.
3: Set your f***ing haircut. Hey, Look, you've got loads of f***ing time to get all hearty farty. You need a fan base and you'll only get that if you start playing f***ing Genesis music.
4: Well that is something I will never do. Shut the f***ing
3: up, Steve. I'm not here to talk about your tanking solar career. I'm here because I need your help solving a murder. Murder?
4: But who, Tony? Who's been murdered? Well, only one of you is dead, Steve. You did the math. You? But the autopsy said you died because of heavy drinking. Well, yeah. And heavy smoking. Alright, yeah. And heavy eating. Again. And never doing any exercise. Alright, all you right. right. Don't run my f***ing sedentary lifestyle in, Steve.
3: Just because you play a five-a-side football with Lindisfarne every other Sunday doesn't mean you f***ing get up, please. I've been murdered, Steve. And before my time. I don't think I was supposed to die in 1979. I'm sure I had at least eight more years left in
4: me. So... You think someone put wrong what once went right.
3: Uh, yeah. Something like that.
4: Hmm, okay. So tell me, Tony, what do you remember of your last moments?
3: I was sitting on my f***ing drinking a nice f-ing whiskey. Real smoky f***ing flavour it had. very nice. I'm going to miss that.
4: Don't they have booze where you are?
3: If they are booze, I wouldn't be so f***ing upset about being dead, would I?
4: Ah, good point. But well, carry on. You were at your desk.
3: Yeah, yeah. There was a sudden noise. A great f***ing big f-ing bang. And the next thing I know, I'm wearing a white f-ing suit standing in a cloudy room talking to f***ing Gabriel.
4: Pete? You were talking to Pete? No, not Peter Gabriel, you f***ing b-ing. The big boss. So you were talking to Tony Banks? Oh, for f***ing sake. No, I was
3: talking to the heavenly door man. F***ing angel Gabriel. Not Peter, Gabriel, and he told me about how I would be allowed 24 hours to complete unfinished business on earth before entering heaven.
4: Only 24 hours?
3: Yeah, that's right. I could connect with one person only to help, and that person is f- you, Steve.
4: Congratulations. But only 24 hours, and then you're gone? Well, yeah. Oh, thank goodness for that. What's that supposed to f***ing mean? Well, nothing, it's just that, well... I don't think I could cope with you following me about, shouting and swearing all the time, and only me able to see it.
3: Well, you weren't my first f- choice. I went through the other four first, but none of them wanted to set the charges. If you hadn't picked up, I'd have been stuck with f***ing Phillips. Charges? Yeah, yeah, don't worry about it. It's only a week off your life, and if we don't resolve this, you're stuck with me forever. What? Guys, don't worry about it. The way your career is going at the moment, I thought you'd be praying for an early hey, death. Hey, now wait a minute. I'll make it up to you. So, anyway, we've got to solve this murder before morning, or you're stuck with me forever, and I'm going to haunt you till you die.
4: Oh, no. Oh,
3: f- yes. So, let's get to it.
4: Oh, boy.
2: love that track will I love the next track the ballad of the decomposing man stay tuned hey what's matter
1: just that.
0: Oh, that was the ballad of the decomposing man Simon what did you think of that one awful next track I think we're going to have to be a little more in depth <laughs> than that uh, you know what
2: what Steve Hackett is not as funny as he clearly thinks he
0: is you could say the same thing about Phil Collins though. you could but this is just awful 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 it's supposed to be now there is some debate about this, mm. because Steve Hackett says that this is supposed to be a sort of parody of George Formy. Mm. A lot of people have said that this is actually a protest song against you know, the, mm. the trials and tribulations of the average working yeah. man. Steve Hackett says that's quite clearly Grolux, mm. Um, and he never even intended that when he wrote this. No. It's purely a George Formy yeah. homage. See, obviously. I would
2: like it more if it were a protest song because I just don't think this is at all funny
0: no it's not funny I I don't find it so funny but I do kind of like it Um, it's clearly supposed to be funny though I like the fact that it starts off with like a funfair sound, mm. you know. Almost, I know Steve likes that sort of thing. Yeah, um, but I like the sound of it. And mm. then as you go on down, it suddenly turns into a calypso. Oh. I love the fact it turns into calypso. Oh, really? Because yeah. I hate it even more. when Oh no! I to really like that. You can't beat a good. It gets you, gets you moving,
2: man. Uh, it's like you, you think it's bad. And then it doubles down on being bad and gets much, much worse by doing a cod calypso at the end. Awful. He's talking about chips and beans. Like, oh, my
0: word. No, I, I, I really don't mind this track. Ugh. The only thing I find difficult to believe about this track is that he got the other musicians to go along with it. Um, how do you sell this track to other musicians? Uh, he's the boss. Uh, yeah, I know he's the boss. But even then, they must have looked to him again and gone sort of... Yeah, really? <laughs> you want to go with that? Mm. But I don't mind this track at all. It's not a great track, don't yes. get me wrong, but I don't mind this track, yeah. and I find it quite fun.
2: Uh, well, you liked carrying up the vicarage as well, didn't you? On I did. Tux, but I did I hated like that. that. I know. I
0: think one of us has a sense of humour,
2: and it's not Steve Hackett,
0: apparently. I <laughs> meant, to, I actually meant in this room. <laughs> uh,
2: but, uh, no, I, I wish Steve would stop doing these things because just awful.
0: To be honest, I kind of agree with you in a way because I've always felt that way about when Genesis do it. Mm. I don't like the ones Genesis do. Mm. Um, Like what? (laughs) The punch up of Biggin Hill.
2: um... (laughs) Punch up of Biggin (laughs)
0: Hill. I don't remember these scenes.
2: (laughs) Is that an early Merillion track? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the punch up at Biggin Hill. I don't, I don't remember what
0: they called. I just listened to them.
2: <laughs> the Battle of Epping Forest. That's the mean? one.
0: Yeah. And uh, Harold the Barrel. Harold the Barrel's great. You loved Harold the Barrel. I do like Harold the Barrel, but I think you can you can have too much.
2: What about Get Him Out by Friday? No, I hated
0: that. Did you? Yeah.
2: I'm going to listen to our Foxtrot episode and, and see if you actually. Pretty in sure. Fact, if you did like it, I'm going to drop in a clip right now. Get them out by Friday.
0: Yeah, what a, another great track. Yeah, it is. And if you didn't, I'm just going to leave a pause. No, probably if you if I didn't, you'll edit out <laughs> you uh, naysaying me entirely, <laughs> just so you sound better even, as usual.
2: Even if you didn't, I'm going to edit it to make it sound like <laughs> you did. Yes, I love this track a lot. <laughs>
0: Like he does with almost everything mm. that goes out.
2: So a, edits mercilessly. A little-known fact, listeners, that Gary actually doesn't say anything that he says when you hear it. I edit his responses to make it sound like how I want it to sound. This it. is
0: absolutely true. Yeah, yes. yeah. There's a amount of time I listen back to this and I'm going, I didn't say any of
2: that. <laughs>
0: well, certainly not in that context.
2: Yes. I didn't disparage Steve Hackett's hair.
1: How dare you?
0: <laughs> <laughs> actually, what's wrong with his hair? I like his hair. I'm jealous of his hair. Just a shame it hasn't changed since 1937
1: Mm. or or
2: what have Mm. Well, he's had the same hair since like 2010.
0: It's got to be a wig. Must be. Yeah. There's no other reason for having that kind of haircut. No. Not in not in this day and age. It doesn't get
2: any longer or shorter. No, no. Unless he trims it a little bit every day.
0: Mm, anyway, Good.
2: but no, I hate this track. I would gladly burn it to the ground if it was a building.
0: I know you hate it, but this was one of the other uh, alternate mix tracks mm. on the 2005 release, mm. and it was pretty much the same. Apparently, except when it fades out at the party mm. on this, there's a bit longer say so hear more of the party gym. I know, I know. Well, I'm not going to
2: be listening to that then, am I? I have
0: no sense of humour. <laughs> Again, I didn't. I didn't particularly find this funny. Yeah, but I really didn't mind the tune.
2: Terrible George Formby impression. I mean, I'm not a massive fan of George Formby to be honest. I respect the guy. Turn out nice again, I isn't it? I respect the guy after reading what he did during the, the Second World War to help Jewish people to escape from Germany. Wasn't that Schindler? No, it was George Formby. Look it up, listeners. George Formby was a, basically a war hero. He funded lots of Jewish rescue missions. He paid personally, paid to get Jewish people passage from Europe into the UK Um, he was yeah very unsung hero did not know that he was he was number one on Hitler's hit list of entertainers apparently wow because of all the work he was doing to undermine him
0: did not know that yeah
2: look it up Hmm.
0: fact me up again if you live
2: near Bletchley go to Bletchley Park there's a whole little room about George Formby
0: Oddly, we were thinking of going to to Bletchley at some point. I recommend it. It's
2: good. We went there and didn't even get to see all of it in the time we were there. well (laughs) worth it.
0: You went away, but you were ill when you came back because you had a nasty code. (laughs) 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 Why, sir, with these jokes, you're spoiling us. Let's move on to the next track. Let's please, yes. Which is... Lost Time in Cordoba. Oh, that was Lost Time in Cordoba. Hmm. What do you think?
2: Nice little acoustic thing. Not quite as memorable as something like Kim or Horizons. But... No,
0: nice little flute and guitar piece.
2: Yeah. I enjoyed this. I, I enjoyed that as well. It's, yeah, some really nice flute work from, from Brother John,
0: who is not number nine, apparently.
5: Yeah, I think
0: the thing I liked about this was um, it's got an almost Latin-Spanish sound and feel to it. Yes.
2: Yeah, so well, I think isn't Cordoba somewhere in spain
0: somewhere in spain i think i don't know if it's mm. spain or the south americas or somewhere i don't
2: know I'm, yeah i'm not very well traveled to be perfectly honest
0: no you came to Ilkiston from ripley and you think that's far
2: oh yeah I, i've got my passport with me just in case
0: yeah they don't check it
2: no oh, no okay.
0: they do leaving Ilkiston, but mm. not coming into Ilkiston. you have visa to leave <laughs> you, yes you do you, yeah you have an iq test <laughs> yeah um yeah, but, yeah, I I, I love the, the sound of this track. Mm. It's a lovely instrumental piece. It
2: is. It, it, uh, like I say, although I don't think it's quite as memorable as Kim, I think it's definitely a, a really nice piece in that vein, and I, I, I would not skip it.
0: No, definitely not, no. Um,
2: and I'm glad that he's embracing these um, acoustic-y pieces and showing off what he can do in acoustic yeah. terms. Again,
0: not world music as such. No. But music from around the world, maybe.
2: Yes, yeah. I mean, he's done a couple of acoustic albums, but his latest album in that vein came out last January, um, Under a Mediterranean Sky. Why um, did he
0: release it Under a Mediterranean Sky? Uh, because it, was, it looked nicer. OK. Um,
2: and that, one of the albums I covered in our New Year episode, um, that contains sort of acoustic-y classical music tracks, and this would fit in very well with that. There's not much else you can say about it, really, is it? Isn't no, it's, it? Kind it's,
0: of nice. a, it's kind of a short track, it's, short. it's nice, not beautiful instrumental piece, yeah. it'd go well on the mantelpiece, yeah. um, you know, yeah.
2: like it. I'd, I'd listen to it, I wouldn't complain about it if it was being played in a restaurant while I was eating. No, not at all. Unless they kept playing the same thing over and over and over again, then I might get a bit bored of it, but...
0: Mm. Yeah, but that's his, his raison d'etre, isn't it? It is. Yeah. So, moving, this goes straight to Tiger Moth. Tiger Moth.
1: Great war would sing We're proud to serve Kaiser or king They'll always find someone Who's willing To take Tiger Moth Chances alone The boy who should never Have flown was Was thrown a hundred yards a crowd drew near but failed to hear look I'm over here, and still one
5: of you is.
2: well it's a song of two hours isn't it
0: this one literally it is um this got again it's got a lovely instrumental start mm-hmm. I do like the start yeah um, I have some not issues with this track, because mm. it's a good track. Yeah. I mean, it really is a good track. Um, the theme confuses me. Yes. Because you've got the sound of this, which is like... You can hear the gunfire in it, done by the guitar and the drums. Yeah. So you get the sound of it. And then, this is another one where I was saying uh, earlier, where you get almost that soaring feel to it. Mm. Because the the music's broken up by what feels like the sound of the plane soaring through the air, yeah. then a blast of gunfire, yeah. then soaring through the air, then a blast of gunfire. And mm. that, that comes across really yeah. clearly. Yeah. Um, evocative. Thank you, using the big words again. Yeah. Yes, it is very evocative of this scenario we're yeah. trying to build here. Um, yeah, so it, it's okay. The sort of thing I'm not getting mm. is if this feels... I mean, it's, it's almost got a martial approach. It's yeah. almost like a, a, a March yeah, as well. Yeah, um, it feels like it's a World War One epic, but the Tiger moth didn't come out until nineteen thirty. Admittedly, did he not? no. It, admittedly, it, it did see some action at the start of World War Two, mm. but this the feel of this mm. feels like it's a World War One thing. Yeah, um, th- I don't know why. That's just literally when you listen to it, and you will all those of you out there listening to it instead of us. You that is the feeling you get. Mm. You feel that this is a World War One thing. Yeah. But, I say, the Tiger Moth was 1931. See, I
2: didn't know that because I just assumed it was a plane that was a- around in the First World War because I don't know much about military history. So I just assumed it was. So, yeah, that's a surprise to me because I thought it sounded World War One as well. That's,
0: that's the image you get, isn't <laughs> yeah, it? Yeah, it really it does. trenches and... Yeah, yeah, that is really the image you get because you get the, the, the gunfire and the, mm. say, the swooping and then it ends with the crash of the yep. Tiger Moth. Yeah. You get this crescendo as you, you yep. hear it crash. Yeah. And which um, then
2: goes into the second half of
0: the Which is now film. a vocal piece.
2: Yes, which is about a downed aircraft pilot who
0: has died. And suddenly we're all supernaturally spooky. Spectral mornings. Mm-hmm. Yeah. See,
2: we've got clocks, the angel of mons, the supernatural theme. Mm. And then this one's got the supernatural theme.
0: Yeah.
2: So that's maybe that's next it's going Here's coming the
0: whole theme coming together. It's the theme.
2: Um, but yeah, I think that first instrumental sounds like it could have been part of clocks. Yes. As well. Oh
0: yeah. Um, it's strong enough.
2: Yes. But I do agree with you. I, I, well, now I know that the Tiger Moth wasn't a plane that was in use in the world, First World War. Then, yeah, it also doesn't seem to make much sense being called Tiger Moth.
0: Yeah, but uh, I say, it, the Tiger Moth was used in the opening. I mean, every time we look at uh, war films or, mm. or, or pictures of the Second World War, yes. you're thinking of Spitfires and the Hurricanes. Yeah. But
2: they didn't come too much late.
0: They didn't, because there was a, you forget at the beginning of the Second World War, a lot of countries... And this is suddenly turning into a war podcast. <laughs> but a lot of countries were still geared up to fight a war of 20 years ago. Yeah. It's like when, when Germany invaded Poland. Hmm. They invaded with tanks. Yeah. And they were met with soldiers on horseback yeah. charging into them. We were in the same situation. And a lot of countries didn't have an air force as such. They still had biplanes yeah. at the beginning of the World War Two. Yeah. So this would probably... This Tiger would have had seen action at that point. Yeah. Um but it's just the feeling of the song you get, mm. of yes. First World War. It feels yes. older yeah. than it. Having said that, I mean, you know, we still think the Second World War is recent history. Well, But it really isn't. It isn't at all. It's nearly it? coming up to... 70 a, years. 80 years. It, yes, 80 of So, I mean, you know, that's a long time ago. Yeah. For of those of you who don't know what a long time ago is, 80 years is a long time, yes. apparently. The general human
2: lifespan is between 80 and 100 years. So 80 years is a Fingers long time. Fingers crossed. Is a long time. Yeah. Um, so, for any humans out there that are listening, you probably expect to die
0: mm. around that age.
2: But yeah, I think it's that military drum sound, isn't it? Yeah. That's playing yeah. in the instrumental bit that sounds like it should be. Because martial War. music, you yeah. are, assume you it's you more. you don't associate that with World War II.
0: No, you don't. You assume violin with World War II. Yeah. That kind um, of thing. Yeah. But even
2: on the battlefield, you don't associate music so much in the battlefield because they were moving a lot more. Obviously yes. In the First World War, it was all trench bound and mm. they weren't, you know, they were moving feet. Inches in some cases, yeah. So they were you. You associate military marches more with that First World War feel. Yes. Whereas you associate, you know, when you think when you think of that path and use footage of the Second World War, you're thinking of soldiers marching down roads along with tanks. Yes. Because there was a lot more movement in terms of advancement. Yes. They, weren't and so they were in trucks. They and things were. Like, yeah. Very much. Yeah. Yeah, it was very much a foot war. Yeah. So. Yeah, I get no. I, I totally understand what you, you're saying there because I felt I had got I got the mm. World War One impression as well.
0: Yeah. So. But then again, as I say, leaving the war aside, we go into the second half, which is a more vocal mm. piece and a, a yep. supernatural piece. Yeah. Um, starts off, we again. We get that fun fair music going, mm. um, which is as we've said is a yep. Steve thing. He yep. does like fun fair music. He does. Um, well, he
2: did go to the goose fair that time, didn't he? Was, we recorded it. He uh, did. Yes. Podcast. Yes. He lost his cob, I believe. I believe he did, <laughs> yes. <laughs> That's an obscure reference for anybody who's been listening to the podcast for a long time.
0: Go back yeah. three years and you'll... <laughs> yeah, I mean, it depends how you look at this song. I mean, mm. it, it is a, it is kind of a ghost song, but is it an anti-war song? I, no. I get the feeling it's not so much anti-war as it's more about the bravery and stupidity mm. of those going to war. Because it it, it it suggests that, you know... We support the flyers who mm-hmm. are going to war, knowing they're going yeah. to die, and at the same time we're going, "You, you are so stupid,"
5: because
2: yeah,
0: so you know you're going to die. Because I, it's that—that's that's where the comical side of this also know. comes no, in. I don't know.
2: I, I see. I didn't get. I didn't get that it was an anti-war song. Not that I'm saying that Steve is pro-war in any way. I'm I was sure actually of just going
0: to bring you up on that. There's very few <laughs> pro-war songs sure that you get.
2: I'm sure he's not
0: pro-war. I'm trying to think of a pro-war song at if the moment. If you're um,
2: listening, Steve. Uh, I'm sure you're anti-war. But this, to me, I think Steve just had an idea for a story about a, a downed fighter pilot and wanted to tell the story. I don't think he's got any other agenda other than that, really. No,
0: but I just, I just get the feel, because of the comical way they're talking about hmm. them being blown to bits, hmm. I just got the feeling that he was getting at how stupid war is yeah, and how, though brave, hmm. the people going to war it yeah. is also the stupidest thing humanity mm. has ever done well, as and a, will ever do
2: as a great philosopher once said war huh. what is it good for indeed and another philosopher said war war is
0: stupid and people are stupid who said that boy george did he yes that well-known philosopher yes.
2: um so yeah but i don't think i don't think steve's got a pro-war, anti-war agenda anywhere here. I'm going to go um, out on a
0: limb and say he probably anti- hasn't he probably got a pro-war anti-war. agenda. He probably
2: is anti-war, yes. Yeah. But I think this is just that Steve had an idea for a little story that he wanted to tell and that was it.
0: Mm. Coming back to the whole to song, the song. Yes. as it were, we've got we've got a song of two halves here. You have. Much like a football game, as you, you pointed out. All right. Do you think the two halves mesh very well? They are certainly a lot less jarring than
2: other instances of a Huge key changes partway through a song. Yes. I think the fact that he does do that crash,
0: you get the impression... That's a nice partition,
2: isn't it? Exactly, yeah. You get the impression that this is the continuation of the story. The first half is the plane flying around fighting and then it gets shot down and crashes and then you go into the second half. I think if he hadn't got that, I think it probably would have been a bit
0: weird. I think also you get, with the change in um, music, the funfair side, Mm. you get the feeling that time has passed From the crash to when we're talking about the pilots and the ghosts. So it's almost like that was during the war. Now the war's ended and we're at after funfair. And we're seeing it from that perspective at this time. I may be wrong, but that's that's the impression I got.
2: But he's approached by
0: the other ghosts at that point, isn't he? To say,
2: you know, don't worry. Although we're all dead, we're still around. That's worse.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What? I'm dead? I didn't know I was dead. (laughs) That's worse. Horribly if you're dead and you've got an allergy or or you're afraid of ghosts. At,
2: at least he knew how he died. Hmm. Unlike some people who never find out how they died and have to investigate it from beyond the grave
4: So, where do we start? My
3: outfit. I need to see who my next appointment was with, and that might be who was going to kill me. Don't you know? Of course I don't f***ing know. If I knew these things, I wouldn't need to pay a f***ing secretary, What are you f***ing
4: divvy? Yeah, right, well, my car's over there. Uh, still driving that bag of f***ing then? Well, if I had better management, I could afford a better car. That's it. Keep all your f***ing troubles on the dead, guy. It's not that. Yes, it is. Oh, never mind. Come on, get in. Oh, already sh- I'm a f-ing ghost. I don't mean doors. Being dead ain't giving you better manners, has it? What do you mean? I've always had manners of an angel. Well, yeah, I suppose the devil was an angel once. F*** you little f-ing. Very heavenly. So, anyway, have you any idea who might want you dead? No, no, that list will be too long. How about we eliminate people? Who didn't want you dead? Well. There's my friends. No, no, no. People who wouldn't want to kill you, F- Yeah,
3: fair enough. When you put it like that, this might take more than a day.
4: No. Oh.
3: I did once meet a guy at an awards ceremony. He didn't want to kill me. Really? Nah. Thinking about it, he probably did. I stole an act from him.
4: Yeah. Well, uh, Well, here we are anyway.
3: Good To be back, you can almost smell the hope draining away from all the wannabes I've turned down. There were these two poncy lads in the other week George and Andrew, I think they were called funny as f-. thought they'd make it big, but I knew they had no talent. I told them so, and wham! Kicked them out into the
4: street. Losers, <laughs> yeah, yeah, never mind that. Come on, let's get this over with so I can get rid uh, uh, so you can get on to your eternal rewards,
3: yeah. There better be booze.
4: Christ. Cow
2: I'm sorry, we're out of business. I'm just sorting these things out. If you need
4: an agent, I can No, no no, that's fine. I'm Steve Hackett. Who? You used to manage me. Did we? Yeah. For years. We've met loads of times.
2: Oh, really? I don't remember. I usually remember all our famous artists.
4: Hmm. Thanks for that.
2: Anyway, what can I help you with? I'm afraid we aren't really handling people
3: anymore.
4: She's closing me down. Tell her she's f***ing fired. Um, no, it's not that. Um, I think I left something in Tony's office when I was in here last. I was hoping to just pop in and retrieve it. Hmm, sure, help yourself. There's
2: nothing in there worth stealing anyway. Everything's 40 years old, thanks to that tight
4: arse. She's definitely f***ing fired. Thank you. No, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to disturb you. You look like you've been crying.
2: What? Oh no, I've been laughing really hard. Remembering happy times, like his funeral.
4: F*** cow. Right. Well, I'll just route around in there and see if I can find uh, my staff. Right, where's your diary? Oh
3: my f*** desk. What do you think I'm
4: it Oh, God. What a mess. I must have had a party in here. Your desk's covered with empty whiskey bottles. Uh,
3: yeah, party. That was
4: it. Ah, right. Here's your business diary. Now, let's see. Here it is, the day you died. The time was... Ah, here it is. Oh, that's old. If it was Jeremy and
3: his amazing performing, uh, it was just business.
4: No, 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 that's not it at all. It was Tony Banks. But it it doesn't say what it was about. Tony Banks. Tony killed me. But why? What were your other appointments? Here, look. The day after you died, both Mike and Phil were coming to see you. And it says in the notes they were coming to talk to you about solo careers. That's it. What's f***ing it, Clumbo? Tony killed you because you were going to help the rest of the band leave Genesis. Tony took it hard after Peter and I left. Mostly Peter. Hmm, maybe that pushed him over the edge. Yeah. Well done, Steve. You've worked it out. Tony, I... Uh... No need. I heard everything. Do you know what this bulge is in my pocket? I'm really hoping it's a gun. It is a gun. Now, against the wall. You'll never get away with this, Tony. He probably will. Sorry about this, Steve, but I can't let you live. You know too much. Please don't do this, Tony. I have so much to live for. I hope you're not referring to your career, my boy, because that beat you to the grave. (laughs) Shut up, Tony. What? Right, on your knees, Steve. Oh, crumbs. What do you need Steve. Steve? 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 Steve?
3: Steve? Steve? Uh, hey, what? What? Wake up! My isn't for f***ing dozing in, it's for f***ing talent. What are you doing here? Oh,
4: Tony, I, I, I drenched you were dead. What, like your career? No, like, dead dead. That's what I said. No, it was all quite distressing. You've been murdered, and I was helping, and then I was going to be murdered. The only thing being murdered here is my patience. Well I'm sorry. I came here to talk about my new album. I was having trouble coming up with a title then I sat here and fell asleep. I had the strangest dream and woke up. Hmm. Dream. Ghosts. Waking. That's it. I'll call it Spectral Mornings. F- marvellous. Glad I can f- You know,
3: That'll be 50 quid. Now push off will you. I've got some VIPs coming in for a meeting. So it'll be f- Great if you weren't here lying around making the room untidy. VIPs, eh? Ooh, who's there? I've got Mike and Phil coming in to talk about new
4: projects. Mike and. Oh boy.
0: Yes, the. um... 2005 Remix yes. has an alternate version of this track as well, where yes. they cut out the instrumental. Do they? They do. Oh, that's a shame, because I like the instrumental better, I think. You know, I thought exactly the same mm. thing, yeah. Although I like both halves, mm. really like the instrumental version, yeah. or part of this this track. Yeah. Um, it would be a shame to miss it out because surely that is, if not the main part of the track, mm. certainly a, a very important part of yeah. this track, it sets the stage for what comes next.
2: Yeah, so that's the thing, I think the instrumental bit would work on its own as a track. I'm not so sure the vocal bit mm. afterwards would work on its own without yes, the context. Yes, there's no context, of, yeah. 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 Um, so yeah, that's a surprise that they've edited the instrumental yeah. But who knows what people do when they release singles. I'm sure I'm assuming it was a single, I don't know. I don't I know. I think it was idea. a B side to be honest. Yeah. But I like this track and it fits in with that spectral theme. It does. Which we are gonna hear a bit more of when we listen to the final track, the title track of the album. Spectral Moanings. Special mornings. Uh, spectral Mornings.
0: Okay, so we come on to the title track of this album, mm-hmm. Spectral Mornings. Yes. What are your thoughts on this one? I personally
2: think this is probably the best thing Steve has ever recorded. I agree entirely.
0: I think it's absolutely perfect in every way. I mean, it's, it's weird, because it's it's not what you call a really well-known track. No. And yet, a lot of musicians consider this probably one of the unsung greatest guitar anthems ever. Yeah. Because it's it's really iconic in in not only the way it's put together, but mm-hmm. the way it's played. And it is a great tune. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's an instrumental, but it's catchy.
2: Yeah, it's also the longest track on the album. It is, but it's an earworm. You know, a lot of the time when you hear a song, some refrain in the song yes. catches in your ear yes. and you keep repeating it over and over again. The guitar line in this is exactly that. Yeah. You you listen to the song and it stays with you for hours afterwards. You mm. Just keep repeating it in your head and head, and you know, and the voices, it drowns out the voices that are telling you to kill and kill again. I'm glad so they're being only, drowned out. It
0: can only be a good thing. It can. Going back to what I was saying earlier yes. on some of the other tracks, again this is another one that really soars. Yes. You get a feeling of soaring yes. in this track. It's real Yeah.
2: Yeah, soaring. I'm glad
0: you're being so evocative in what you're saying about this track. I'm
2: very, very talented with the wordings. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it's it's got emotion
0: to it as well. It has. As in, you know,
2: it's, it's very difficult for in- instrumentals to have emotion,
0: especially when they're this length.
2: Yeah, and especially when it's rock instrumentals Yes, and this has got that. It's got that emotion. It's you know, it's, it's uplifting without
0: saying anything. It is uplifting, mm. that's the thing, it really, really is pleasurable to listen to. Yeah. Interesting thing about this, when they originally came to record this, it was mm. going to be a song.
2: Yes, exactly. And he
0: played the song to the band, and they all mm. went, nah, leave it as an instrumental. It was
2: Pete Hicks, in fact, the singer, basically yeah. said, you should, you should do it as an instrumental.
0: As Steve always says, yeah. uh, Hicks did himself out of a job <laughs> that yeah. day.
2: Yeah, but I think at that point, I think that would have spoiled the song. Yeah. Um, should point out as well that the the lyrics that Steve wrote are not the lyrics that were on the 2015 version. Were they not? No. Which we'll come into later or in our bonus episode if you want to know more about that. And um, there were it's a complete different set of lyrics which have never Steve hasn't got anymore, so they, they're lost basically.
0: Oh, that's a shame. But they were, even if just as a comparison. Yeah,
2: but they weren't. Those are not the lyrics. So the lyrics that Pete Hicks heard were not those. But I think the choice that they made at that point absolutely spot on. Yeah,
0: that was a great great absolutely choice because we know this is the title track mm-hmm. of this album and you could not have picked a better track to be the title track. Yeah. It doesn't sum up the album as, as such, mm. but if you were going to say, well, this is my Spectral Mornings album, yeah. this is the title track, mm-hmm. you'd go, what a great track! Yeah. I must listen to that entire album based on that one track. Yeah. And what a piece of genius as
2: well, to put this as the last track. Yeah, Because it really leaves you on a high.
0: It does. It's a good finishing yeah. track, isn't it?
2: Yeah, absolutely brilliant. Yeah. I mean, what other track could he have ended on realistically. Not on this
0: album. On this
2: album. Maybe Clocks.
0: That would have left it on a bit of a downer. Exactly. Yeah. But
2: maybe Tiger Moth, but again, that would have been a bit of a downer. I wouldn't
0: have left it on Tiger Moth. None of the other tracks would have been a good end. No. But this one, fade, and it it does fade out at the end, but that just fades out. And again, we've we've mentioned this before on some albums. Mm -hmm. It fades out, leaving you wanting more. Yes. Even though this is, again, a, a Steve Hackett thing. Yeah. Quite repetitive. Yeah. Um, you don't feel the repetitiveness of it because there's no. enough going on around it mm-hmm. to actually make this really interesting to listen yeah. to and soothing.
2: Yes, it's such a pleasant track. Yeah, just, you can't listen to this song and not smile or relax or relax. You know, it just it makes me feel happy listening to this song. And it feels... And I like Morrissey, so I like to be miserable. Yeah, and you take some <laughs> cheering up, don't you? <laughs> you know, I listen to Joy Division. This... <laughs> uh, that was the most
0: unusually named
2: band. Mm, well, yes. Um, but this just leaves me wanting more, and it yeah. just... It's uh, it's perfect. This this is the best thing he ever, he's it's ever It's called recorded.
0: Spectral Mornings, but if mm. you listen to this in the morning, it would set you up for a br- bright and breezy yeah. day, wouldn't it? Yes, it would. Because it, it you do... By the end of it, you feel better. Mm. How many pieces of music can you say? I mean, there's a lot of music I listen to that, when I listen to it, it leaves me feeling excited or yeah. energised or thrilled. Yeah. Very few pieces, even you know some of the slower stuff by Yes and what mm. have you, actually leave me smiling, going, oh, "I really enjoyed that."
5: Yeah.
2: Yeah. I mean, think of the next Genesis album that's released after this, which is Duke. The end of Duke, with Duke's Travels and Duke's End. Fantastic ending. Yeah, yeah. Brilliant. They leave you want to listen to the album again, but they don't leave you uplifted. They leave you, you know, punching the air with, yes, that's amazing,
0: energised. Yeah, really energised. But this one... This just leaves you
2: uplifted
0: and... Oh, you could you just you could just chill out after yeah. listening to this for the rest of the day and just yeah. sit down in a chair in the back garden. Yeah. And look at the sun.
2: Yeah. And you
0: not, li- not directly at the sun. No, don't look at the sun. Know, it it's not driving you crazy and you want to burn your eyes yeah. out. That's not what we're saying. Don't look,
2: don't look directly at the sun. No, all we're
0: Genesis. saying is you could just spend the rest of the day in the garden smiling pleasantly yeah. to yourself and yeah. having the neighbours think you've finally lost it.
2: Yeah. But you could listen to this on a foggy morning when you wake up, you could listen to this and it make you happy that it's foggy. Yeah,
0: and you could sit in the garden again and see nothing. Yeah. But, you know, and the neighbours <laughs> then wouldn't see you smiling and, again, wouldn't think you'd lost it.
2: No, yeah, exactly. But, yeah. I think, yeah, we can't really say anything else about this other than it's fantastic.
0: Yeah, in case nobody's actually twigged, we both agree this is a great, great track.
2: Yeah. Superbly played by everybody concerned.
0: Beautifully mixed.
2: That guitar line, which would have been the vocal melody.
0: Superb. Yeah. Just it stays as you were saying, it's a good earworm, it stays Mm. with you. And you'll be humming it long after the song finished.
2: Yeah. Yes, you will. And that leaves the album As a whole. As a whole. So let's go into what we think of the album.
0: I'm still humming. (laughs) Still humming that track. Right, right, too. So what do you think of the album as a whole? Spectral Mornings, Steve Hackett's third studio album.
2: Well, his most successful album, but is it his best? Hmm. I think we're going to have to listen to a few more albums to make that decision, because he has done a
0: lot. OK, what about best so far?
2: But, yes, I would say his best album so far. I think it's more consistent in style and in music. Certainly in production. Than, yeah, Then Please Don't Touch and Voyage of the Acolyte. Um, still got that little comedy... Mm, you don't like
0: having to, you know, a laugh, like do you? You don't,
2: don't like it when they make you laugh. I don't like it when people are having too much fun. No, this is why you listen to Morrissey. Exactly. Listen to Joy Division and things like that if I want mm. to cheer up. But, you know, the title will lead you to expect a more atmospheric album, Spectral Mornings, mm-hmm. which you think is going to be a bit more... Which, you know, for the most part, I suppose, it, it is yeah. a bit more atmospheric as well. There are no on this album. No, no, exactly. Um... Yeah, I like it. I think it's a good track. I think Everyday Clocks and the title track, I think they're some of the best songs that Steve has done. Certainly some of the best guitar solos that he's done. And I think there's not really anything other than the Ballad of the Decomposing Man that I would miss off this album.
0: I know you didn't particularly like I didn't that.
2: didn't like it at all.
0: I have to say, listening to this album, as I have coming at it afresh... Mm-hmm. Um, I really enjoyed this album. Yeah. Uh, even even the decomposing man, I enjoyed. Yeah. Okay, so it was an odd track, but I mean, we've had odd tracks on albums before, and
2: there will be odd tracks going forward. Yeah. There?
0: But but I liked the variety of styles on this album. Mm. I liked the inclusion of world music as as yeah. as it were. All right, yeah. we're only using different instruments, yeah. but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Um, I like that variety. Mm. I like the fact that it ends on such a high note, mm. and it is a very high note it is um and I like the fact that all the way through this album you get the feeling that they spent a lot of time putting it together because mm. it's very well put together yeah. even the even the track you don't like mm. the music is well done on it you may not like what it's mm. about or all the style mm-hmm. but it is well done mm-hmm. um and that's the same for this whole album. Yeah. If there's nothing here that you think, you know, if they'd tweak the drums on that a bit more or got this mm-hmm. guitar a little. You don't think that at all on this album. Yeah. Everything seems absolutely bang on. It yeah. may not be the world's greatest album, mm-hmm. but I think it's a great album. It is. And great. I would be happy to include this in my library.
2: I mean, you talk about it being, you like the variety of it, but it's not as varied, really, as Please Don't Touch. Oh,
0: no. I'm where not almost su- every
2: track was a different yeah, style of I'm music, not from suggesting.
0: Salt to whatever i'm not suggesting that it's a, a massive mm. variety yeah. i'm just saying that the variety that you get on this yeah. album is is very enjoyable there's yeah. nothing here that you know like jars massively mm. which we've had on some other albums where they where they try to add something new in mm. and it's just so jarring because it seems out of place mm. everything on here really works
2: see i'd say i take the ballad of the decomposing man is a little bit jarring it is me.
0: it is I, I know what you're saying there yeah. um But that's because you really, really hate it. (laughs) Really
2: don't like it at all.
0: Yeah. But Uh, I I find it, I find it, all right. If you were playing this on a stereo mm. and you had your windows open, you'd probably turn it down for that one because it's mm -hmm. possibly a little embarrassing. Yeah. But I find it jaunty and fun. Yeah. So I don't mind it too much. But the rest of the album, yeah, I love. Yeah. Yeah. A
2: superb album. I mean, a great cover as well. I think that's a really good portrait. Um,
0: he looks like he's squinting at something. He does. He does. He... Those spectral mornings must be very it's bright.
2: Probably squinting at the sun, like you said earlier yeah, on. That's it. Um, so don't do that, folks. No, because um, it makes you squint. Apparently, it makes, makes you all blue. Yeah, blue and squinty. <laughs> um, but better than the covers of Voyage of Acolyte and Please don't touch, which I think were a bit. You didn't like those covers, did you? Jewish, I thought. Yeah. Whereas I prefer this, more stylized And again, you know, it's very similar to Peter Gabriel's first album cover. In terms of the
0: look and the feel of it, yes. it Well, I know what you're saying. It's stylized, mm. but that was Peter Gabriel being kidnapped. Mm. Um Clearly, on this one, Steve Hackett is not being kidnapped. Yeah, he's be- squinting at something. Yeah, maybe he needs his glasses. Perhaps. Maybe it's the sun. Yeah, we don't know, but mm-hmm. he's definitely not being kidnapped. No, no, definitely not. So, uh, yeah, I see what you mean. It's it's a very it's stylized. It's his face. Yeah. Which, yeah.
2: obviously, that's going to define the next load of Peter Gabriel albums is...
0: His face. ...hit Peter's yeah. face. And, and this Collins to a certain yeah. extent, as well. And this style of album cover mm. is is going to become something that, Hackett continues yes. for a couple of albums, at least, yeah. until he gets a divorce. Well,
2: definitely his next album
0: is, yes. probably, is a I similar... Yes, and I think one picture. of the live albums is a mm. similar sort of cover yeah. as well. Anyway, we're getting sidetracked. Yeah. We like this cover as well. Yes. It's a very simple idea. It is. It's just his face... We, Basically brushed, yeah, so it looks blurry, yeah, it's sort of half picture, half painting, yes. Um, very simple but effective on this, yeah. Does kind of look a bit like a folk music album <laughs> cover,
2: I suppose. If you didn't know anything about Steve Hackett, yes.
0: yeah, yeah, you'd expect to be a lot of. Tapping whistling and, and box banjos yeah. and things.
2: I suppose if you you know you randomly went into a record store to listen to it back in the day yeah. and randomly dropped it onto, you know, Lost Time in Cordoba or Red Flower Tide Chai, you'd probably be like, oh, so it is an acoustic album then. Hippies. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. You'd expect yeah. a certain amount of whistling on this album, <laughs> judging by the cover. Yeah. No, I think the cover's fine. It's atmospheric as mm. well.
2: It did well, I think so far his best album. We're not doing leaderboards anymore, obviously, but in terms of Steve, I think this is his, his best release so far. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, number, yeah. One. We, number one. Steve. I think
0: it. it's it's one of the one of the albums so far where we've both enjoyed the majority mm. of it. There's been very little uh, disparagement between uh, our opinions yeah. on it.
2: Yes, which is unusual in it in in and of itself. It is indeed. We we, have,
0: we come at, we come at these albums from quite polar opposites sometimes, yes. don't we? I um, come at
2: them from a place of love, and you come at them from a place of hate.
0: Well, I come at them from a place of ignorance. I like to mm. think. Okay. Yeah. Well, when I use the word "think," again, I'm mm. using that wrong as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. Just while we have the opportunity, because we have been apart for so long from doing this, it's nice to know we're still rambling, bambling, bumbling <laughs> fools, uh, because yes. you will get the the version of this podcast which is crystal clear because Simon's edited the hell out of it.
5: Mm-hmm.
0: It's pr- currently about five hours long, <laughs> and you Simon will edit all the utter garbage we talk yeah. out, and yeah. it will come down to about an hour, if yeah, that. But it's nice hour. to know we haven't lost our touch for being imbeciles. We have not. No, I think we're, once we're... an
2: imbecile, always
0: an imbecile. Indeed, I think. <laughs> indeed. So we hope you've enjoyed this podcast. It's certainly been a long time coming. Mm-hmm. We hope to keep Doing this rolling.
2: Well. We would like to get your thoughts to include in these podcasts as well, though. So the next album we're going to be covering is going to be Peter Gabriel's third album, which is commonly known as Melt. If you've got an opinion about that that you'd like to share, what you think of that album, you can send that to podcast at gmail.com or find us on Facebook and drop your comments in there. If you liked this podcast and you want to contribute, you can find us on buymeacoffee.com and we'll contribute the price of a coffee. To the running of the show. Which we will we'll vastly appreciate. We will, because I like coffee. And you will get ten bonus episodes that are already there, ready to be downloaded,
0: listened to. have you been actually using the money from Buy Me A Coffee to buy you a coffee? Yeah, that's what it's for. <sighs> what else is it supposed to be for? New microphones.
2: <sighs> yeah, right. Uh, or, I will be setting up a Patreon, and I will drop a link to that Patreon in the show notes to this... Episode or and also be mentioning on Facebook when we release that to the world.
0: Hmm. I was quite disappointed because when Simon said he was getting we were getting Patreon, I thought, great, because I love tequila, and I didn't know what that meant. So. No, because Simon's doesn't drink much, no, I don't, whereas
2: know. I do. <laughs> um, but yeah, if you subscribe to us on Patreon for the low, low price of one pound a month, you'll get the episodes a week early, and you'll get around six bonus episodes a year. The first of which should follow soon after this episode which is going to be our discussion mini episode on the 2015 version of Spectral Mornings so if you want to hear that drop your quid you'll still be able to get the regular episodes in your normal podcast feeds they won't be going away it's just the bonus stuff you won't get
0: sorry about that we won't be going away no we won't be going away
2: and papa needs money to pay for the website Oh, she hadn't done that. So yeah, so he actually
0: did the the movements as well with that. It, yeah. was, it was quite disgusting. Mm-hmm.
2: <laughs> and we may do other things in future as well on that Patreon, including blog posts or art posts or whatever. More
0: Simon will post more pictures of himself. Yes,
2: looking good. Ah. <sighs> So, yeah, so if you've enjoyed this episode, tell your friends, leave us a review on your podcast app of choice. <laughs> friends. <laughs> or subscribe at Patreon or drop us some money on buymeacoffee.com. Send us your thoughts and opinions on PT Gabriel's third album or even on Spectral Mornings if you've got an opinion on that and you want to share it. In the meantime, we're going to leave you to your day. Or night. Or night. Hope you've enjoyed this episode. Hope you've missed us and you're glad we're back. If not, keep it to yourself, don't care. We'll see you in the next episode coming soon. Love and hugs. Take care, everybody. Bye. You have been listening to the Revelation Station podcast from the Revelation Station. Produced, performed, directed and written by Simon Heldrick and Gary Starr, two men who should know better. You can email us at revelationstationpodcast at gmail.com Find us on Facebook at The Revelation Station Podcast or head to our website revelationstationpodcast.com If you've enjoyed this show you can donate by searching for The Revelation Station at buymeacoffee.com or head to Patreon where you'll find us at patreon.com slash revelationstationpodcast There you can subscribe for £1 a month and receive podcasts a week early, as well as additional content and bonus episodes throughout the year. This has been a Revelation Station production.
0: I'm, I'm doing some weird things with my face now.
4: <laughs> That's
2: all right. Nobody can see you. Um, at me. A group of British soldiers... British Can't even say the word. Shall I
0: say British for you?
2: British soldiers. You lost a bit of time then, didn't you? I did, yeah. (laughs)